Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Peace is possible. Inclusion is possible. Any world hunger is possible. There's so many things that are possible if the mindset is, yes, it's possible versus what we've been conditioning to think that, you know, the doom and the gloom of it. We have to start talking about what's possible. Hey, mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey, mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, I'm interviewing J.B. Owen. J.B. Owen is a fearless female leader and a highly successful megapreneur. Her drive is to empower individuals in their own personal journey to success. She's a world-class speaker, an international best-selling author, and a powerful business owner. Welcome, J.B., to the Mamas Con Ganas podcast. Gracias. Thank you for having me. So this is a very special mamacita because... The reason that I published, so if you're following me this year, you know that I published a book and it was Ignite Love and it was through JB's uh, publishing company. She has a bunch of best-selling, a series, right? Of best-selling um, international books. Can you tell us a bit about, uh, about your company, what you do? Because I know, but my mamacitas I know are dying to know. Of course. Well, I'm just so blessed to have a publishing house where we are the leaders in empowerment publishing. And we recently have reached our 12th international bestseller in 14 months. Yes, over 500 authors we've taken bestseller. And we make these really powerful compilation books about people's powerful, unique, life-changing Ignite moments. And where did you get the idea to do this? Have you always, did you always want to be a publisher or a writer? Like how did you start your journey into becoming this empowerment publisher? Like you said, well, I've been publishing books for about 10 years, but I always had private clients and I was just doing one-on-one, uh, you know, really solo work with our authors. And over the years, I found that it was a difficult journey for a lot of authors. They got tired out. They sort of ran out of money, ran out of steam. It was really a lonely process. And I took it really personal. Like, how can I get these authors to bestseller, to shipping their product out, to, you know, being on stage? And so I just looked and dissected the process to how to make it easy for authors and one of the big pieces was the community, really creating this community, this support system, doing it incremental steps. And so the idea actually came to me, shifting out of private clients into group uh, doing compilation books, was I was at an event and it was a speaking event and people were going up on stage sort of telling their heartfelt stories. And many people cried and sort of, you know, really exposed themselves, got really vulnerable up on stage. And the cool thing was, as soon as they got off stage, everyone was hugging them and supporting them. And it just felt like we knew each other so much better. And I was sort of sitting in the audience going, you know, this is really powerful. And what's powerful is that everybody deserves to be seen, heard and acknowledged. And I thought we all have these powerful stories, these moments in our life that change us, that redefine us. And if we could put those in print, if we could share those with others, and if we could show people that even in our darkest experiences, there's a light at the end of the tunnel or there's that silver lining that we can really make an impact on others. And that turned into Ignite. Wow. And that word, because all of the books have that Ignite um, component to it. What, how did you come up with a word? Like, where did that come from? Did you, did you think, oh, I've had my Ignite moment, I guess. How did that come about? You know, I don't know the exact Ignite moment that the word Ignite came, but I just felt like we have these pinnacle moments and they're so 
profound to us and they're like a lightning bolt. And I, I, I had my own Ignite moment where I felt like the lightning bolt came through the car and hit me in the head and said like, you're doing that girl. And so I just felt like Ignite was this thing that just inspired you to move, to take a chance, to go forward, to do something different. And it really has been a profound word that has inspired so many. And now I chuckle because Ignite moments is sort of like commonplace vernacular in the publishing industry and people say it all the time. And I even hear the funniest people say, well, I had my Ignite moments and I just, and it's really inspiring because people are identifying with when and where in their lives they had that sort of awakening. And, and I kind of jumped, like I, I jumped ahead, but please tell our, the audience where you're from and where you grew up, a little bit of your background. Well, you know, I'm a typical small town girl. I grew up in Canada and I never fit in into my small town. And 10 days after I graduated from high school, I moved to the big city. I lived in Vancouver for 21 years. I worked in the film business. I just wanted, you know, big city, big lights, fashion. You know, I always was loving creating art and that sort of thing. So small town just didn't really work for me. I still live in Canada and I'm blessed to be back in this small town because my mom is here. And so living close to her because realizing that as she ages and gets older, it's really important for me to spend some time with her. My kids, I have four kids, three of them are going to school here. So I'm super, super blessed to be in a beautiful community surrounded by family. And I call it my trampoline because I come home and I do some work and then I trampoline and get to go somewhere else and work with other people and do other projects. Yeah, trampoline for sure. So what you guys don't know is that JB just did uh, a journey across Canada, 5,000 miles, uh, kilometers, was it? 5,000 kilometers cycling. Yeah. So that's 3,167 miles for, for you, those of you in the U.S. or who do miles. So yeah, I had this Ignite moment. My birthday just passed in June and I wanted to do something really radical, big, life-changing, something that I'd never done before. Just really pushed myself but what had come to me with COVID and everything that was going on in the world was that we were sort of in this pause moment. We were waiting to see like, what's going to happen? What should we do? How should we go forward in life? And I noticed that with everyone just waiting and especially my kids, not having, not knowing what the world, the future was going to look like, everyone was just feeling a little bit unsure and I thought, you know what, we got to go out and ignite our lives, ignite what's possible, ignite our potential. We can't sit around and wait. We're not going to wait for anyone to tell us that we can go back to living or we can move on in our companies or we can grab hold of our health or we can fall in love. Heck no. I was like, we need to ignite our possibilities, ignite what's available to us. And so with my birthday coming up and 16 pounds of pandemic pounds overweight, I know I was like, I got to do something big and radical to show people that if a 50 year old woman can get up off the couch, overweight, never cycle before and just condition myself to do something really, really big and adventurous that I, I thought it could prove to other people that anybody can do anything, anything you want is possible. So wait a minute, you've never cycled before, before this? No. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking that you were like, a, that was like one of your side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, my bike had cobwebs on it in the garage and I hadn't cycled ever. I mean, I cycle, I had this bike, we have, I have a tandem bike. And the interesting story behind the tandem bike, and this is the power of intention, is when I was single after I divorced my kid's dad, I saw a tandem bike in a bike shop and I just bought it. I didn't need, I just bought it because I thought that's the kind of relationship I want to have. I want to have a relationship with a guy who I can ride tandem with. We can go biking, we can go cycling, we can spend time together. We would absolutely love it and adore it. And I let it sit in my garage for quite a long time until this summer where I said to my husband, like, let's tandem bike across Canada. Let's do something really big. Let's push, push me, push the limits, push my health and wellness to the very best it could possibly be. And at the same time, ignite possibilities in others. So we decided to film a documentary while we were cycling. We decided to create a TV show around it. And it just kind of grew. It was like, it was the hinge that opened the door to so many other possibilities. And we went across the country igniting others and showing them that, you know, dreams are possible. Yes. I think a lot of people, they have big dreams when they're little. And then for some reason, they let those dreams die out and, or 
they get so dim, they don't even remember them anymore. And I, I think, you know, JB is a quintessential like dreamer, like the woman who literally, how do I put this? And I had the words for it. You make your own track and your own path. And even sometimes when it's not the path that most people think is like wise. And I love that. And I'm, and I'm saying that because when I read your story on, on Ignite Love, because JB and her husband wrote their their story of meeting together and coming together when they met their story. Oh, I cried over their story because, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it's very unique the way you guys met. Well, I like that you said that because before I met my new husband, I was single for quite a few years and I consciously made the decision to take my kids out of school and go traveling for a year and just do charity work. And so again, so many people said to me, like, you hold can't. on, JB, let, let, say that again, because I think that some people were like, what did I hear wrong? Say, say it again. <laughs> yes, I did. My kids were eight and 12 and I took them out of school against all odds, against everybody's, you know, saying that's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's impossible. You can't do that. You'll get arrested. It's not allowed. It's single woman traveling with their kids that's you know what are you thinking and I took my kids to 12 different countries in 12 months and every single country for a month at a time we did charity work and I had a commitment that I was going to do that with my kids and just spend that unlimited time with them and I wasn't going to meet anyone I wasn't looking for love I wasn't on the track for you know getting into a relationship I really was working on self and interestingly enough, I had my birthday actually while I was in Barcelona were, uh, traveling with my kids. And for my birthday, I remember thinking like, if, if this is what life is going to be like solo, I'm so happy. I'm so content. I have a great life, great kids. I'm just really loving life and loving myself and loving being with myself. And of course, lo and behold, the universe heard me say that as soon as you're completely content and happy and you don't covet or want anything, the universe is like, okay, now you're ready to have it. And so while I was in Barcelona, I did meet my new husband there with his kids. He was also world schooling his kids there. And we met and we didn't fall in love right away. We didn't date. We didn't flirt. We didn't anything. We just really truly became friends. And I think that was the neat thing about our story is we were friends first and I was just myself. I, I joked around, you know, he got to see me, you know, like you know, snot on my nose or like, you know, um, you know, towel around my head, you know, or the, arguing with the kids, like it wasn't that flirting, dating, courtship. And so that's was really the foundation of our relationship and really formed uh, this incredible relationship. And then he moved from America to Canada to be with us and brought his kids. And as a single dad, he had two kids and it's just turned into this incredible love story. That's amazing because like how many people do that with their children? And both of you were doing that. And then for you both to meet in the same location, that's just, that's fate. It's neat because we look back and I think, you know, God just had the chess pieces moving around the chessboard because there were so many circumstances that brought us together that were just, again, looking back, you're like, at the time it seemed you know, I had rented a place and there was a flood and I couldn't rent it and da, da, da. like all these things that happened that just converged to bring us together. And looking back at life, if you, if you focus on it, those ignite moments happen all the time. We just, we just sometimes think like, oh, this is, I have to change gears or I have to pivot or I have to do something different or this isn't what I planned. And we resisted and we think that there's, you know, it's, it's bad or it's a failure or it's been brought upon us when really the universe is orchestrating to move things in a different direction that you're not quite aware of, but it's ultimately giving you what you've asked for. How did you get to that place where that's what you feel now? Because I feel like it's something like for people that have lost their hope, or if somebody's listening right now and they might be in their moment of down, like, what could you tell them to, you know, to, to sort of give them that ganas we say in Spanish that drive that like push to keep on going to push past their obstacles because a lot of people are very fearful when they think about doing the things that they love or they want to do they face fear and then it paralyzes them what would yeah, you tell somebody who's facing fear right now yeah thank you for asking me you know fear is an interesting thing because a lot of times fear is just perceived it's really i'll tell you i was gonna cycle five thousand kilometers across canada i had no fear until people started to tell me well what if you get hit by a car what if you go off the road what if you like all these other fears that people had they sort of planted a fear in me 
my, I didn't have a fear in the beginning because I just already saw myself doing it. I saw myself riding. I saw myself getting to the finish line. I saw myself having it all unfolding. I, I didn't have a fear of traveling alone with my kids because I saw it all happening beautifully. And so visualization actually has so much strength in our minds because we can visualize being hit by a car or we can visualize getting to the finish line. We can visualize having a beautiful day at the beach with the kids or a beautiful successful book launch or a beautiful successful relationship encounter, or we can envision the opposite and it's absolutely our choice. Before I forget, I wanted to let you know that I have a free gift for all my listeners. It's a free abundance guided meditation that I created especially for you. It's the meditation that I use on a daily basis. It will help you bust through money blocks to realign with receiving what you want. There's a lot of power in giving yourself positive suggestions to develop an abundance mindset. And also there's power in visualizing a compelling future so that you can create new momentum in the direction that you wish your life to go. So if you want to attract more abundance in your life, go to mamasconganas.com forward slash abundant. I think visualization is something that has helped me a lot in my life as well. And you're right. A lot of times you don't even perceive a fear until somebody sort of plants that seed. And sometimes we need the opposite. We need what we need people to plant that seed of hope, that seed of faith, that seed of, of you can do it. It's possible. Yeah, yeah the seed of possibility. I love it. I totally agree with you. When someone says, you know, you can do that. You're good at this. You've got this. You've done this. You've done the work. You've, you've studied this. You've experienced this. You know, go try it. I'm here to support you. All of those seeds of possibility encourage us and fuel us. And that's really what these books are about. That's really what my mission is about is how can we empower others? Because I'm fascinated right now to think, can we turn that on in children? Can we ignite that in a new generation? Because I'm watching my teenagers completely shift in their thinking with what's going on in the world and what their future looks like. And I'm really interested to know if the possibility switch can be turned on in the brain. Can we teach it? Is it like, can we put it in a Petri dish, like blue eyes and blonde hair? Can we manifest it? Is it something that is environmental versus, you know, trained and conditioned? Is it something that people learn through, through witnessing versus doing? Because I strongly feel like the new generation coming up behind us with all of what's happening in the planet needs to think about what's possible. Peace is possible. Inclusion is possible. Any world hunger is possible. There's so many things that are possible. If the mindset is, yes, it's possible versus what we've been conditioning to think that, you know, the doom and the gloom of it, we have to start talking about what's possible. Yes. And what we focus on, it's exactly what you said, because with what's happening in the world, not only politically, but with the climate and everything with, like you said, poverty and starvation around the world. If we keep on focusing on the problem, we never start focusing on how to make the solutions how to bring the solutions about to the, the problems around the world. Because when we focus on the solutions and on what is possible, what we can do to make the, the world a better place, the world will change completely. 100%. I mean, if you just think about 10 people sitting in a boardroom or in a think tank and someone says like, hey, world hunger, and someone says, well, we're never going to figure it out. The whole room is like, yeah, you're right. We're never going to figure it out. But if someone just said, or two people said, or three people said, you know what? It's possible that we can figure this out. It's possible that there's a solution. It's possible that maybe this would work. That changes the vibration of everything. And just that single belief that it's possible, they don't even have to have the answer. But the idea, the momentum that it's possible completely shifts everything and drives it in a completely different direction. Yes. And I think you're invite like the, I was going to say environment, but in reality, like your friendships, like the people that you hang out with, it's so key. And in this virtual world, it's what I, what I find extremely cool is the ability for us to be, you know, in the same room, but in another country across like the other, because you're on the other side. And it's so interesting how you have managed to ignite things in me, possibilities in me, but we haven't even met in person yet. And that's so amazing. So it's like, we almost have the ability nowadays to even look for the people that we hang out with and to search, but with intention, who it is that we want to surround ourselves with and who we want to listen to. 
A hundred percent. I mean, when we first were all in sheltering in, I was on the internet saying like, guess what people, you never have to go to Starbucks again and, you know, drink unhealthy coffee because you have been in sheltering in for 30 days. Hey, guess what people, you never have to be around the people that you don't like or who don't support you because you've been separated from them. And so there's been some gifts in all of this that we can step back into our lives with complete intention of what it is we want, how we want to surround ourselves. And then at the same time, insulate ourselves in such a way that I'm not buying into this, I'm buying into this. And this is what my future looks like. This is where I'm headed. Absolutely. It makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. And one of the coolest things about, you know, when I, when I got to write, start writing my chapter for your book, I didn't know, well, I knew, but I didn't realize just how powerful the masterminds that we did with you weekly were going to be. But Thanks that for is, saying that. It's, it is really powerful to connect with people and just learn a little bit about writing and learn a little bit about sharing your message. Yes. And getting together weekly with a group of people who are all sort of raising the standard and pushing each other to complete a project. It's, it, that's really powerful. And that goes back to my earlier point where writing is a really lonely process. I mean, you, you come up with an idea, you write it, you're, you're not sure, you know, you play it around in your mind, you send it to an editor, they fix it, or they send you back comments. I mean, it's really very, very, uh, you know, stoic or very sort of sterile. The thing about Ignite is I knew that and I wanted to help, I wanted to use the power of the collective for people to really feel the energy of writing and the ability to enhance their story through working on it with other people. And that's really been sort of the magic sauce of Ignite. We have an incredible, incredible, incredible community, heart-centered, soul-centered people who really want to move out of that egocentric part where I'm writing for myself and instead to that place where I'm writing a story knowing it can help someone else. And that's the part I really love. Everybody is doing it because they believe their story will benefit another person. I, I do think also, you know, going along with what you said is that when you are insert, like when you provide a service and you actually really there to help, it's just like the universe comes and just helps you, you know, make your mission come to life because it supports you. The universe is working for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're giving, you like I tell my kids all the time, you got to give to get, you got to give to get. And when you're giving in such a profound way, your story, your vulnerability, your authenticity, and you're really telling people like where you're at and what became of that, that experience, the universe just, it, it, it ignites it so much. It just really does. It ignites it in you. It ignites it in others. It ignites it in the community. And we have had thousands and thousands and thousands of downloads around the world in dozens of countries and 47 different categories. I mean, we've been so blessed to just touch every corner of the world with these Ignite stories because they're not about gender or race or economic or social or anything like that. It really is about humanity, the feelings of perseverance and dedication and determination and overcoming. These are universal experiences that we all can relate to no matter where we live in the world, how old we are. And that's what makes them so powerful. Yes. And mostly because your books are very international. You're all your authors are from all different parts of the world, which I find fascinating because I've seen, you know, certain books that are collective authors as well. But and that's one of the reasons also that I joined in because it felt like you, I was part of a mini world, like a, yeah. a sort of microscope of our world, because there's a lot of people that come from international backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, it's so fun. You come to a mastermind and someone is there from Portugal and someone's there from Greece and someone's there from Spain and someone's there from Australia and from Germany and from Canada and from the US. And you're all speaking the same language in the sense of whatever the theme of the book is. And that is really powerful too, because you now have a common thread amongst you and you're all working towards a common goal. And that really is what makes the community so strong. Yes. The other thing I find fascinating about you is that I feel like sometimes women feel like they need to become more masculine in order to take that role of like, you know, CEO, you know, entrepreneur, and you don't even use the word entrepreneur. You use megapreneur. What's a megapreneur for those of us that don't know? Well, I started my first business when I was nine years old. And at the time, I, it's true. It's true. I was selling little beaded necklaces at the bar outside the pub that my dad would visit on Friday nights to see all his friends. And I would sit on the curb with my little collection of beaded necklaces 
and I would sell them to the customers coming in and out inside of the country pub, country bar. And it was interesting to me because I would make them and I had so much love and passion and infuse so much of myself into each one. And then when I would sell it to someone, usually I'd sell it to, I, I got smart. I'd be like, hey, mister, do you want to buy a necklace for your girl? And she would be like, oh, that's so sweet. And he'd be like, okay, honey, I'll buy it for you. And then he would pay me and she would beam and kiss him. And my just light bulbs were going off like, wow, I got to make something. It made him happy. It made her happy. And then I was happy because I got money and I was an instantly born entrepreneur. And from that moment on, I have been making business after business, after business, after business, loving the sense of providing a service, creating something and really seeing the joy that comes from the receiver and I call it the triple win. So I make something, you purchase it and together another person benefits from it. Yeah. And I love it. Like I said, that you bring that, that female energy, but it's a powerful female energy, but you don't hide it. Cause she has, she calls herself the pink billionaire, which <laughs> I love because she's all girly, but she's like all powerful. And I, some, I sometimes think that in our world, sometimes those two things are not seen go, going hand in hand. So I picked that name. Thank you. And I picked that name for a reason because I wanted fierce and feminine to be together. I wanted women to be able to be fierce and fabulous, but I wanted them to be able to be fun and feminine. And I think that the the new business paradigm is really needs to move into that. And so I, you know, I just really coined that phrase because I wanted women to feel like they can be fabulously fierce. They don't have to be what we've been, you know, cloaked as is, you know, mean and, and nasty or complaining or, you know, viper. Like, it's not that. It's like fierce in the sense that I stand up for me, fierce in the sense that I believe in something and I'm going to stand behind it. And fabulous in the sense that I'm going to pour all of my energy, my feminine energy, which is compassion, understanding, humanitarianism. Like there's so many qualities that women have that really do grow businesses. Oh, absolutely. I think that's so important. And also like, you know, when women, as I think feel like when we, when we join those two things, we join the compassion, but also the abundance mindset. And we think about all of those things and put them together. I mean, there's nothing that can stop us then. It's so, so true. And when you then add the possibilities into the cauldron, I mean, it's just amazing what can unfold. That's amazing. That's amazing. So if anybody's listening who wants to write, tell them how would they get started? If they want, if they had that book in their head, because I feel like a lot of people have that story, like you said, that changed their life and they want to tell it and they sort of want to leave it for their children and their grandchildren. How would they start? Yeah, it's really easy. So anyone with your who is connected to you can connect with us. And we have a new book coming out called Ignite the Inner Spirit. And it's all about people who have followed their intuition and have gone against the grain and, you know, maybe was the rebel in you, but something inside of you said, you know what, I am going to follow my inner spirit and it's going to lead me forth. And so telling that Ignite moment. And so we're offering some uh, discount to your, your viewers and your listeners. And all you have to do is apply to Ignite and tell us a little bit about your story share that you would like to be in this book and we'll reach out to you we also have another book coming out called ignite possibilities and that really is for those people who have a, a nice brand a, a community uh, they really have a message that they want to share and it's for the next level of sharing your ignite moment where you just really stepped into what was possible and we're bundling that with some of our vip packaging and some of our coaching and ultimately going to paris for our book launch uh, in 2021 and we love doing location book launches. It's one of our favorite thing. We've had to not do them recently, but we've had these incredible online book launches. And so every single opportunity that has happened has just been a blessing and a blossoming into a new experience. And I'm just honored to say that the authors show up. Uh, the experience is fantastic. The impact on the planet is epic. And so any one of your viewers can reach out to me, jb at igniteu.life or go through our apply link and just share that they got to us through you and we'll take care of them. Yes. And I'm going to be putting all of that in all the information on the website at mamasconganas.com forward slash 52. So you can comment on, on our podcast episode and you can find her link so you can get in touch with JB and start and become an international bestseller yourself.
Yeah, and I'll just share, it's a really easy process. It's about a four month process and we walk you through everything. Like we really hold your hand and show you because ultimately my goal is that every author that writes a compilation book ultimately learns what they need to do to write a solo book. So we do all the editing and the writing and the marketing and the distribution and the production. And we teach you all of that over the four month course so that you ultimately at the end become an international best-selling author but then you've broken the glass ceiling on what it takes to do it yourself when you're ready to write your own solo book that's amazing and the people you'll meet mamacita if you decide to do this they're amazing because i've made dear friends after you know with writing ignite love with you it's been it's been a really amazing um experience getting to know as many people around the world that are also in that same i would say vibration the yes. vibration of faith and hope and making things better and just like you're saying spark success all these amazing things because you know a lot of people lose hope or they go through they, they go through their valleys i would say in life but you can't let those valleys like define who you are you have to find people that motivate you and lift you up it's so well said. And a lot of times our valleys are just, you know, I rode a bike for 5,000 kilometers. There were days where it was up a hill and down a hill and then up a hill and down a hill. And I have a little analogy about that because when you're cycling on a bike and you see a hill coming, you're like, oh no. And then you see a, a uphill, you're like, oh no. And a downhill, you're like, woo. And it was kind of interesting because what I realized is that no, you can't just keep going up and up and up and up. Like no hill could just go up forever and just like nothing can go down forever and so sometimes we're in a downward spiral and on a bike going down is actually the fun part and on a bike going up is the hard part and so it was neat to me because a lot of times you know we think in life when we have a downward moment that it's it's a failure or it's depressing or it's you know embarrassing but the truth is it goes back up and sometimes on the down is really a time to reflect or a time to go within or a time to regroup. And there's a lot of power. You can, you can conserve a lot of energy on a bike going down when you know that it's eventually going to go up again, because nothing can go down forever. And just like nothing can go up forever, managing your time and knowing how to work your business. And this is where I start talking about business, but knowing how to manage your business is really important when you're on the up also. So for those of you who are feeling like you're you're on the down it's just the moment before the up and we love the down because it really is a place to reflect and learn and grow and go within that made me think of the roller coaster because when you're going <laughs> down in a roller coaster you need to like release and surrender and sort of you you can't fight against it you just have right. to like let it go and like let yourself just be led and then kind of enjoy the ride in a weird way yeah. And it's the full ride. You know, sometimes people get really stuck in the down and they think it's forever, but it's not. It's the full experience. I do want to share one thing, though, with your viewers that, you know, back to visualization. Again, I had never cycled before. I had certainly never done 100 kilometers, but I had visualized every day for a month before my trip of getting on the bike, cycling, being on the road and, you know, finishing 100 kilometers, 150 kilometers per day, feeling great. And on my very, very first day of riding, we did 98 kilometers and I felt great at the end of it. And the fascinating part was my body physically had never cycled 98 kilometers before but I had done it so many times in my head. I had seen it and visualized it and processed it that as soon as I got on the bike to do it, my body was like, okay, I've been here before. I've done this. I know what I need to do. I've seen this already. I've, the movie has already played. And I felt like that was a real testament to how powerful visualization is. And I went on to cycle 150, 170, 200 kilometers in one day, seven and a half hours on the bike. But I kept conditioning myself through visualization. And that is a really powerful piece that I'm talking to people a lot about. And the same with your book. When you visualize yourself as a finished author, when you visualize yourself writing really well, when you visualize yourself having a best-selling book in your hand, then it makes it so much easier. The body is like, okay, I know how to do this. I'm prepared to do this. And then we just teach you a little bit along the way, the schematics of it all and boom, you're done. And you're a best-selling author at the end of the process. That's so true. That's so true. Now, were there any days that you were just like, how did my, I get myself into this? <laughs> but then you were like, okay, you woke up the next day. Were there any moments where you're just like, I can't believe I signed up for this? 
You know, it's interesting because on the second day I fell and I scraped my body and I had to have an ice pack on my knee. And my daughter actually was very interesting. We had a motorhome following us and supporting us. And the motorhome came up and we went to meet the motorhome and we hit some wet uh, gravel and we went down and we fell. And my daughter saw it all happen and she's 12. So she was really upset. She came out. Mom, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I just need some ice. And she said, mom, I'm so worried about you. I don't know if you should be doing this. And I said, I totally signed up for this. I'm going to be okay. And it came out of my mouth without even thinking of it. And I really feel blessed that that happened to me on the second day, because every day after that, whatever happened, I kept telling myself, I signed up for this. I committed to this. I signed up for this. I signed up for this. It's all going to be okay. Like the universe is taking care of me. Like whatever's going to unfold, I signed up for it. And it's all going to be okay. And there were days where it was pouring rain and it was super dangerous and semi trucks were going right past me like we called them show elbow scrapers because they were like so close, you know, the roads were filled with uh, potholes and we had like we had like less than eight inches of road to ride on. We ran into two bears on the road one time we ran into some moose I know I mean. All- like all only these in things. Canada <laughs> only in Canada would you be cycling and there's a bear on the road or a bear in the ditch. But I just kept saying, like, I signed up for this. I signed up for this. I signed up for this. And it just, it became so beautiful because the body and the brain and the whole process and the universe was like, okay, yes, you signed up for this. You got this. You can handle this. You can handle this. And never once did I wish or feel like, what did I say yes to? In fact, it was really hard to come home. And even after we finished the 5,000K and had the big celebration and the TV crew was there, I still cycled um, a couple of days on the way back because we finished on on the east side of Canada and we live on the west side. So we drove about three days to get home. And in those three days, I still stopped to cycle along the way because that's how passionate I was about it. That's so cool. I love that. I love that. And that's like, that that does sound scary. When you mentioned eight inches there, (laughs) oh my gosh. And the trucks passing you by? I don't know. <laughs> I took a I took a video of the trucks passing me by because they were so close. Like I could be like, like you could just feel these big semis going by. But again, it was like I just knew that the universe was going to take care of me no matter what. And so I just trusted. And one day, I will say one day I got scared because we were uh, up in Quebec, way, way up in the Atlantic. And uh, there was about a 45 kilometer wind. And it was really tough to ride, but we were going down a hill and on our speedometer on our bike, we were doing 75 K on our bike. And I was like hanging on to the back, just like praying because we were going down a hill in the rain on wet pavement, 75 K an hour on the bike. And I was just like really praying. And, but I just kept praying and I knew we were going to get through it. I just knew it was going to be okay. I just kept praying. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I meant to do this. This is meant to happen. And so, you know, you ask, what do you tell people who are afraid? I I would really say like, when you, when you just passionately know you're meant to do something, when you feel so strong about your conviction, when you believe in your heart, you're meant to do something, go with that feeling. And then just tell yourself, you know what? I meant to do this. I signed up for this. It's all going to be okay. It's all meant to happen. It's all going to be perfect. Again, turn the volume down on the worried voice and turn the volume up on the passionate one that says it's going to be okay. I meant to do this and it'll get you through. It absolutely, absolutely will get you through. And you just have to keep knowing that what you want wants you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what you want wants you. Oh my God, yeah. that's a tweetable. <laughs> that's a total tweetable. What you want wants you. I love that. It's that's true. So if true. you want to be famous, it wants you. If you want to be a mom, it wants you. If you want to be in a great relationship, it wants you. If you want to be a coach, it wants you. Like whatever you want wants you. And so if you believe that, and I learned that long ago when I started first started speaking on international stages, I mean, thousands of people in the audience. And I realized that they want me to succeed. They want me to be smart. They want me to tantalize them. They want me to educate them. They want me to inspire them. They want me to, they're they're not sitting there waiting for me to fail. They want me to inspire them. And so what I want to be on stage and be inspirational is what wants me. And so that's where that came from. Oh, I love that. I'm going to remember that one. I'm going to write it down so I can, (laughs) so I can remember it because sometimes we get like, 
oh, is that really where I'm supposed to go? And then you feel it at the same time. You know what you really want. It's like a calling almost. And, yeah. Or like a kid who keeps pulling on your skirt, you know? <laughs> like my three-year-old who's constantly going like this to me. That's what it feels like when you have this thing that you desire and you just can't shake off. You can't. But to you know can't. that it's not just you who wants it it's you they want that dream wants you as well it does it absolutely wants you and again going back to the possibilities like anything is possible it's possible for you to say that it's not going to work out but the other side of the coin the posinim side is it's possible that it is going to work out and i will tell you you know cycling is, again is a great analogy because after so many days of having you know sore legs i didn't really ever have sore sore legs but having sore legs in the morning and then you just you keep at it, you get going at it. And it just, it actually goes away. Like your the body is so adaptable. It's like, I got this. I know how to do this. So when you get up in the morning and you don't know how to do social media, or you don't know how to build your website, or you don't know how to create copy for your funnel, you just start doing it. And the body continues to give you the, the answers and you continue to get better and better at it when you keep pushing through and keep pushing through. And there was one day I will share that, um, pouring rain in the mountains, going up a hill. The fog was about 90% fog. We could only see about 10 feet in front of us. I was drenched. We didn't expect to get rain. So I wasn't wearing my rain gear. I was completely soaked. And it was so dangerous because we were in the mountains and we couldn't see if the guardrails were turning, if we were going down a hill. It was a single lane traffic so that we were really getting splashed by the semi-trucks, like needles on our face the, from the water. And our motorhome came back to look for us because the weather was so treacherous. And I said, they're like, they pulled over and they're like, get in. And I'm like, no, I can't stop. And they're like, it's so dangerous. Get in. And I was like, I'm not going to stop. And they had to keep going because they were on the other side of the road. And my husband's like, why don't you want to stop? And I'm like, I just can't give up. And he's like, give up. You're not giving up. You're like doing, you're going in because it's safe. Like, this is dangerous. I'm like, I can't give up. And he's like, what are you trying to prove? And I'm like, I just don't want to give up. And and I was like hanging onto my handlebars like so furiously. And I'm like, I'm not giving up. And I had my head down because it was pouring rain. I mean, like pouring rain. And water was dripping off my nose, dripping off my chin, dripping off my helmet. Like just water was just pouring down my face, pouring down the back of my neck. I'm like, I can't give up. And he's like, what are you trying to prove? I'm like, I just need to prove that I'm not going to give up. And he's like, who are you proving it to? And I'm like, I'm proving it to myself. myself. And he's like, how long do you need to prove it to yourself? And I, I just kind of stopped. Like, he's like, how long do you need to prove it to yourself? And I, it really was an ignite moment because I just started to cry. Like, I was like, yeah, like how, why do I have to prove it to myself? Like, what am I doing? This is so dangerous. And then I just thought, how long, like, he's like, how long do you need to prove it to yourself? And I, I was crying a little bit and hanging onto the steering wheel. And then I went, you know what? I, I, I've done, I'm done. Like I proved it long enough. Like I sat up kind of, and I was like, this is the moment. Like, I don't need to prove anything to myself anymore. I proved it to myself. I proved it to myself two years ago, five years ago, 10 years. I've been proving it to myself a long time. And I think we, as women, we always feel like we need to prove it to ourselves. Here's the bar. Let's raise the bar a little bit higher. Let's raise the bar a little bit higher. And yet every single day we show up just being ourselves, we've proved it to ourselves. And so that was a big moment for me to realize I am enough. Everything I do is enough. It's all enough. We are enough just by being the incredible people that we are as good people in society. And to prove it to yourself anymore, it doesn't, it didn't have to be that hard. It didn't, I didn't have to make it that hard to prove it to myself. I just had to look at myself really, really openly to say, you, you've been doing a good job. You've done a good job. You d you've been doing a good job for years. You've just never given yourself credit for it. It's crazy how sometimes we can, I don't know, like build these stories of, and like you said, you know, it's like you, how many times do you feel like you need to prove it to yourself? Right. But you do, you have a bunch, a million times over right. and over you've proven yeah. it to yourself. Over and over again. And, you know, and, and when you think about like, I got to prove it to myself, what do I need to prove to myself? What do I really need to prove to myself? I've done it. You know, I, if you look, all of us can look back in our histories of all the amazing things we've done. And I don't know, I'm talking amazing. I'm talking like being a good person, being a good parent, being a good wife, being a good daughter, being a good citizen. 
And just the things that we do, like, because we make the bar so high, it's all been good enough already. And to just release that of myself that day in that moment, when I said it is good enough, everything I've done has been good enough. From this moment on, everything now is like a bonus. Everything now is like a treasure. I feel like I rubbed the genie's lamp because it's like, it all has been good enough up to now. So everything going forward is just absolute like icing on the cake bonus. And that working from that, that directive of I've, I'm already, it's already enough. And what I'm doing now is a bonus. What I'm doing now is good for me. Good for the family. Good for humanity. Good. It's all just great. All, every little thing I do from now on is just fantastic because I've already done enough. I, I find that a lot of people that are high achievers tend to have that. It's like, wait, that's not, no, I need more. And I need more. What is your drive? Like if I, if I were to ask you, what is your drive? What is a thing? Like why keep on pushing for more dreams? Like what is your, 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 your gasolina, your, your, your fuel for your life and for what you do? Yeah, it's a great question because it used to be the numbers. I used to love the numbers, the profit margin. I used to love the followers. The num- it was all about the numbers. And again, on this trip, our goal was to make 5,000 kilometers. At 4,820 kilometers, two days before we were going to finish, I was cycling with my husband. We'd been cycling for about five hours. Everything was good. The day was good. It was light rain, no problems. We were going to make our goal. But there was this feeling that came over me that I had done enough. Like, you know what? I'm good. Like, this feels okay. Like, I don't need to finish. I feel so full. I feel so triumphant. I feel so satisfied. I feel so complete. Getting to the 5,000 kilometers doesn't even really matter because the feeling I have right now is so powerful. And we stopped the bike and he's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, you know what? I actually feel like I could rack my bike and go home and be completely content and satisfied with everything that I've done. Because what I realized is 5,000, reaching the 5,000 kilometers wasn't going to guarantee this feeling. Just like people reach a million dollars or people win an Oscar or people win a, you know, the Super Bowl and they're, they, they're not happy. They go home and they commit suicide the next day. Cause it wasn't that number. That wasn't that, that moment that was supposed to make them happy. It was a feeling. And they didn't get the feeling. They thought they were going to win the Super Bowl and get the feeling, but they didn't. They had to get the feeling from the experience. And concentrating, as many of us do, women, high achievers, on the money, the dollar, the followers, the social media, the the number of likes, the number on the scale, the number on the price tag, it really circumvents what the whole purpose of it all is, is is the feeling. And so when I felt so content and so rewarded and so grateful and so thankful and so blessed and so full, the number didn't matter anymore. Getting to the 5,000 kilometer mark didn't really matter. And of course I went on to get there and I loved it, but I loved the feeling before because never before had I felt like I'm good. I'm full. I'm totally full. I'm, I'm, I'm full with my performance. I'm full with everything that I did. I'm full with this full experience. And this experience is laden with emotions of pride and, and satisfaction and joy and laughter and fun and endurance. And so what I tell people now, and, and since I've been back is like, go for the feeling, go for the plethora, the cornucopia of emotions that you want to have in your business and in your life. You want to feel loved. You want to feel successful. You want to feel thin, happy, joyous, playful, whatever it is, whatever that is, but make a list of all those feelings and go for those feelings. Check those feelings off the list, not the dollar amount, not the followers, not the likes, not that. Go for the feelings. And it's so yummy, juicy, powerful. Oh, absolutely. Because that's what we really, we think you know, when people say, oh, it's a million dollars. Well, it's not the million dollars that will make you happy. It's I, well, you're, what we're actually looking for is either feeling inspired or feeling connected or feeling, like you said, an emotion, the feeling of joy. But sometimes the feeling of joy can come from the most simple things. Correct. And we're searching it out externally in these huge things that we see out there. But in reality, we could have those moments from day to day. Yeah, it's an inside out job. So true. It's, it's coming from the inside out. It's not the million dollars comes to you and then you're going to feel it. It's like you're going to feel it on the way there. And you know, one of my goals is to ignite a billion people. That's been my mandate since I started this company. But what I realize is I can or cannot. Let me just say that a billion. Thank you. (laughs) But the cool thing is, is 
before the old JB would have been like, I'm going to ignite a billion lives. And if I don't reach a billion, I failed. That would have been my old thinking. But now what I realize, if I ignite 276,000 lives or 621,000 lives, it doesn't really matter that I didn't reach a billion because my mandate was to get to that. But at any point along the way, I still did the work. I still did the investment. I still tried my hardest. I still gave it my all. And then one day I get to say, you know what? I'm good. I'm done. I'm glad I did my, I did it all. I did enough. And whatever number that is, sans 1 billion, doesn't really matter because it's the journey. It was the effort. It was the intention that is far more important than saying 999,000 failure, 1 billion success. So I just really let go of the numbers and in, you know, just in a lot of ways. Now people will say, well, JB, that's great, but we still have to pay our bills and we still have to, you know, we get ranked on social media. And I agree with you, but being attached to your self-worth or being attached to your success slash failure based on the numbers, I think is just really a part of our society that has really perpetuated this unhappiness versus you know, my goal is to feel a certain way about myself, my body, my health, my happiness, my family, my relationships. And then whatever the numbers are, doesn't really matter because what really that I value, I've achieved. That's amazing. And it's true because with this, you know, nowadays, and it's more so present in our present day because of the fact that there's so much comparison, you know, Correct. back in the day, we didn't have all the social media where you got to see that Susie goes, you know, I don't know, she's jet sitting to I don't know where. So the, the, the comparison game wasn't there. But nowadays, that's I think that's one of the reasons people get so stuck in feeling like their life isn't enough because they're constantly comparing to a bunch of different things. But as soon as you go inward, like you said, and you're like, well, what is it? The, what are the emotions I want to feel? And what is it that I want to do with the intentions that I have for my life? Because that intention is beautiful to impact a billion people. And like you said, even if you don't get to a billion, you were living not with your music inside you you're putting your you're putting your music out there every right. single day to the world yeah and that really that really is powerful because again why make these numbers that are so maybe unobtainable be the factor you know why make a billion lives be the indicator of if i was successful or not what if just one life that i impacted or ignited was really that's what mattered and so i really i love the numbers over here but there's a part of me that is like you know it's 90 10 it's like how i feel now about my impact on the planet is way more important than what the numbers read. I love that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, back to numbers. Tell them where they can follow you so they can see <laughs> all the amazing things that you're doing. Uh, seriously. Well, I'd love to share with your community because I know how powerful they are. We are looking for people to be in our Ignite Possibilities TV series. So if that's of interest to you, you can go to ignitemypossibilities.com and tell us what your dream is. Tell us what you're up to and as potentially you can be in our TV show. Additionally, you can always find me at JB Owen on Facebook. I'm the only JB Owen, JB, the possibility queen in on Instagram. And I'd love to offer your um, viewers and listeners an opportunity to be in Ignite Books. You can get on one of our chapters at igniteyou.life. Thank you so much for being on our podcast today. You've definitely impact. I'm one of those billions, just so that you know. <laughs> <laughs> Right back at you because, you know, we, birds of a feather flock together and we're all mirrors of one another. And so whatever you see magical in someone else, just know that you have that in yourself. And so I will just shine upon you, girl. You are amazing, incredible, wonderful. You inspire me. I love your enthusiasm and tenacity. You've been a blessing author to be a part of our book. And I just love that you are igniting people also. Thank you, JV. Thank you so much. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it, or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote, don't be a mama con drama. Mm -mm. <laughs>
Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos.